D'Amico Ryans to the Houston Texans is gaining steam. Cody and I give our thoughts here on the weekend episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Saturday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, has emerged as the mm. Texans' top candidate for the as a top candidate for the Houston Texans, as we have said multiple times here on the Locked On Texas podcast. He is expected to meet with Houston at some point next week after the weekend's game. They are still in the playoffs, of course. He still got a mm. job to do, but there is mutual interest, and if all goes well, he could be the next head coach. That was reported today by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Cody and I here on the Locked On Texans podcast has said multiple times that even though the race was between Jonathan Gannon and D'Amico Ryans, D'Amico Ryans was the coach that was heavily considered in favor to uh, become the Houston Texans next head coach. And so here we are. He emerges as the top Mm. candidate for the Houston Texans. Uh, Cody, what does this mean moving forward? Man, it just means that this franchise is finally moving in the right direction. But this time is for real. And, you know, John and myself, we had an opportunity to speak to a very good source of ours. And um, they told us, in addition to D'Amico Ryans becoming a top, coming the top coaching candidate for this organization, he also told us that several players on the roster has expressed their interest and excitement about the potential hiring for D'Amico Ryans. And John, listeners and viewers, I think that little tip that we got is even better news because when you take a look at the Houston Texans hiring, hiring search over the last two years, and this is not a disrespect or no shot at Lovey Smith or David Cully, but when both of those guys were brought on board, it seemed like that ownership, management, and even players was just settling, given the, given the fact that this franchise in their last two coaching searches was not in a very good state. Now you remove all the drama. You have several good candidates that you had an opportunity to choose from. And with the Miko Ryans being this team's next head coach, the potential of this team being the next head coach. Wait, three, two, one. And with the news that players have expressed their excitement about the Miko Ryans, John, another big thing that I would like to take away from this is that at least throughout the 2023 campaign and hopefully beyond, because I think we can all agree that the Houston Texans cannot afford another one-and-done coach, but at least for this upcoming season, I don't think we will be sitting here questioning the determination and the effort from the players on the field, just like we did this past season with Lovey Smith, unfortunately. Yeah, so, and I, I like that you pointed that out because that was a part of this Texan franchise mm-hmm. this past season that really became super annoying. 
uh, just watch, like the commanders game, watching them play football True. and wondering, you know, what, what's going on? Where's the energy and effort? And, uh, you know, under D'Amico Ryans, I think that this is a coach that will, again, galvanize not only the fan base, but this, the locker room as well. Well-respected former player. And I think that day one, he'll come in and command uh, something different in his presence. will hold more weight than the past two uh, head coaches. I would like to say this, that of the players that we've heard, you know, that, that is excited about D'Amico coming to Houston, one of the guys, a player that we talked about a couple of days ago, Titus Howard, was really mm. enthusiastic about the possibility of playing under a f- former head, co- I mean, a former player turned DC, D'Amico Ryans. And so this, this franchise, the roster, everybody is now looking at him as the guy. And it feels like for Houston, you just can't mess it up. Plain and simple, right? And so, uh, and that's crazy because we just talked about how Titus Howard, you know, depending on how the new head coach views him as a as an asset to this team, and I think a lot of people may have taken me taken my words and, and, and maybe twisted it. I didn't say that Titus Howard doesn't deserve a contract. I just said I don't think that, you know, it depends on the new head coach and. Maybe you can move on from Titus Howard to save money and use it elsewhere. But Titus Howard was one of the players that is very enthusiastic about the possibility of playing under D'Amico Ryans. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with a $150 free bets guaranteed whenever you place $5, a $5 bet. Uh, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays, all on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash on. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. And you know we cannot close out the week without our boy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, let's jump right into it. D'Amico Rice, he is the top coaching candidate for the Houston Texans. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, Cody, man, it seems like he has been their top candidate for a while now. We just finally got more of a closer to an official word of it with the NFL Network reporting it. But mm-hmm. it seemed that way for a while now, Cody. I know that a couple of my teammates at Sports Radio 610 actually ran into Cal and Hannah McNair at the Houston Sports Awards earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And they were asking them about the process and how everything was going. And I don't know if the specific question was asked or answered about, like, is D'Amico Ryan's the top candidate? But it almost felt like it was implied through their conversation and certainly based off of how they felt about their interview and interaction with him. So I've kind of been thinking that for the last few days or so. So it's it's good to see that that the narrative is kind of catching up to what the feeling was and what the belief was. So, yeah, man, it's an, it's an exciting time. I've said this on the radio. I say it with you now, man, like D'Amico Ryans, there is like he he checks a couple of different boxes that 
that I think work for the Texans. Like he is, he's instant credibility for the team. Okay. Mm. In terms of obviously being a former player there, but also what he's done in the coaching ranks and the fact that, I mean, Cody, he's somebody that other teams want that another team looks like they want to hire. <laughs> which, which is crazy. Like the Texans have something that other teams are hoping well, to get. <laughs> well, well, or or they at least they could. Yeah. And, and, and also though, Cody, not just that. I, and I know we're talking about D'Amico, but let's point out their candidates by and large fit that description. Like, mm-hmm. like Gero. Avero or Evero, Ezero, Evero. It's, it's yeah. one. It's one of the two of those. But the the we're talking about the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator as it mm-hmm. is. He's somebody that interviewed with everybody. Um, obviously, Mike Kafka is a hot name. You know, think about it. I mean, this weekend we're about to watch the NFC Championship game. Talk about D'Amico Ryan's here, but the coordinators on the other side mm. of the field. Okay, on the other sideline. Both coordinators, offensive and defensive, are also guys that the Texans are looking at. And Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So, I mean, to me, it speaks to the process and much more credibility in this process and what their candidate pool is to even begin with. And again, as I was saying about D'Amico Ryans, he checks off the box of, hey, credible coach, but also also somebody that has a local connection here. And I I think that's more of a plus than anything. Um, than necessarily like a, a an initial selling point. I think what D'Amico has done as a coach and what his actual reputation is uh, throughout football is what's brought us here. But it does help that the Texans themselves have uh, you know a firsthand knowledge and a firsthand look at that. And Brandon, given everything that you just said, um, we are all expecting D'Amico Ryan's to be the Houston Texans' next head coach. Um, if things change, because according to NFL Network, they said if everything goes according to plan, um, D'Amico and the Texans, they are expected to meet again uh, one day next week after the NFC Championship game. Um, John and myself, we spoke to a source. We talked about it in the first segment, how players have shown their interest in D'Amico Ryan's becoming a potential candidate. But if something changed between now and when the Houston Texans, Texans make their hire, one, how disappointing, how disappointing would it be for you um that the Texans did not get D'Amico? And two, and most importantly, is there another candidate you would be okay um with the Houston Texans going that that way? Yeah, Cody, I'm not obviously I'm not you know a hire an offensive coach or bust. You know, you got a lot of people out there that that think you need to just hire an offensive coach because that's yeah. the wave of the league, that's the trend of the league. And especially in this moment, and this is where I would actually agree with them, more so in this moment when you're more than likely about to draft a quarterback very high in the draft or at the very least need to draft a quarterback very high in the draft mm-hmm. or possibly bringing in a veteran quarterback. But either way, whatever it is you're doing, you're more than likely making a change at quarterback. And even if it was the last ditch option of going, of rolling it, running it back with Davis Mills, even he probably could use – uh, the, you know, optimal coaching, you know, the, the best possible coach that you can get him. And in theory, that best coach would be somebody that you could hire as your head coach. So I understand that perspective. I don't necessarily feel like it's got to be an offensive coach. Obviously, I don't feel that way because I'm down with the D'Amico hire. Mm. They do that. So, so yeah, no, uh, to your first question about how disappointing it would be, 
I think it would be extremely disappointing just because there is a buzz around this hire or potential hire. There is a buzz around this hiring cycle and, and these interviews. And I think a lot of the buzz has been tied to the two most famous, I think, candidates that they had. And when I say famous, I'm talking specifically, of course, Sean Payton, universally sort of famous. But then D'Amico, they, I, I would... I would challenge anyone. I, I'm pretty sure that D'Amico is more famous in Houston than he is <laughs> in, any, in any other city where there is a head coach opening and, mm-hmm. and possibly more famous in Houston than any other city, period, other than the one that he's in right now. Yeah. You know, you could argue that. And so uh, and, and if you're just going with this history in the league, you probably think, you know, some ranking between Houston, San Francisco and Philly, you know, the team that they're about to play right now. So. So Houston feels like the spot. It, it it does, Cody, feel like destiny. You know, it feels like, you know, too good to be true or it just like it's just mm-hmm. got to be right. So it would be odd and it would be disappointing. But I do have another coach that I'm interested in, and it would be the Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it's very well possible, Cody, and this has kind of been my thing about this whole search, and I, I've said it before, I'll say it a, a thousand times if I have to, until we see these guys coach, we don't really know anything about what kind of head coach they'll be. We can mm-hmm. try to glean glean from what they've done as a coordinator and guess and, and, and get a sense for what their leadership qualities and skills are. And I think that's what we've tried to do. That's what I've tried to do. But we don't really know. Uh, so, if, But if I'm going off of what they've done as a coordinator, their experience as a coordinator, and, and what they've done so far, obviously we're throwing, you know, putting Sean Payton to the side. Obviously he's kind of in yeah. a class of his own in terms of experience. But of the offensive guys, it's Shane Steichen to me. It's the it's the Eagles offensive coordinator for what he's done more recently with Jalen Hurts, obviously. Uh, but before that, with Justin Herbert, spent mo- most of his time with the Chargers organization. When you read up on him, you, you find out that he's basically uh, like a – uh, a, 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 a product of North Turner. He's a he's a North Turner mentee. And and so uh, that doesn't necessarily scream uh, like a ringing endorsement for somebody as a head coach, but mm-hmm. it definitely does as an offensive coordinator and his feel for the game, his play calling. Those are things that I've taken note of and have been really, really a fan of since I've been following him and paying more attention to him since this coaching search. Obviously, a big, big fan of Mike Kafka as well. Uh, and more specifically with what he's done with Daniel Jones recently and being on the ground floor with Patrick Mahomes when he was a rookie before any of us mm. realized that it was going to be this Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mike Kafka was right there at the start of that. So while I'm saying all that to say, Cody, while I'm not like hell bent on hiring an offensive coach, obviously I want them to hire D'Amico Ryans. If they don't hire D'Amico Ryans, I do like and prefer the offensive coaches on their list more so than the defensive coaches. So that's where I would go. D'Amico Ryans is number one in my mind running away. But if it's not D'Amico Ryans, I would. And, and I don't I don't think this is going to be the case, by the way. I want to be clear here what I'm saying. What I want and would like to see versus what I believe we will see. I think if it's not D'Amico Ryans, there's a very, uh, very good chance that it could be the you know one of the other defensive coaches, more uh, namely Jonathan Gannon. But for me personally, OK, if it's not D'Amico Ryans, would love to see. Shane Steichen uh, get a look, and I think Mike Kafka is getting a serious look. But mm-hmm. uh, but but both of those two would be pretty high on my list, at the top of my list, without D'Amico. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. I really hope that you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Um, and look, once again, nothing is official. Everybody is starting to get the sense that when the Houston Texans announced their sixth coach in their third in three years, it's going to be D'Amico Ryans. If everything goes well, be Scott. Me and John talked about this a couple of days ago here on this show about what Ryans can do for this franchise. And I'm looking at it from a standpoint of I would love to see what he's going to be able to do for the younger guys, especially somebody like Christian Harris and Derek Stingley Jr. How do you feel that not only is he not only is he going to have an opportunity to elevate this franchise, but he's going to do so more so to the point where he's going to get several young, promising players early on in, in, in their careers to help set up a foundation moving forward. Yeah, I want to see it, Cody. Honestly, like I don't, I don't know exactly what it would look like. And, you know, that that would be part of the fun of it all. But yeah, I, I absolutely want to see it. I think I think the thing to note about this and what's different, because obviously this would also be back to back defensive coaches that they would have hired. But mm -hmm. I mean, the difference between, you know, Lovey Smith, who coached and was, you know, sort of in his prime at a time that was before now, let's just call it that. <laughs> 20 you years know, ago. <laughs> yeah. Like like Lovey Smith's heyday was just, you know, a long time ago and and you know, the way he views the game and the way he views defense, I think, is more along the lines of the way it was a long time ago. Whereas D'Amico Ryans is somebody, you know, who played as recently as, what, 2015 or whatever it was, you know, mm -hmm. 38 years old. Um, and obviously becoming a, a defensive coordinator and starting to coach on, you know, on this side of, you know, in this century, you know, on this side of the millennium. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> to me, that in and of itself is going to be beneficial. And, you know, and, and also, of course, D'Amico haven't been a player. So played played recently in the league and coached recently in the league. To me, it feels like he'll know what to do um, with a weak side linebacker like uh, like Christian Harris or exactly exactly how he wants to deploy him. It might be different, uh, might be a lot different than what we've seen uh, from him as a rookie. You certainly hope that for and they, and they seem to figure things out with Jalen Petrie how to use him a little bit better uh, away from the line of scrimmage and kind of allow him to operate in space more mm -hmm. but specifically with Derek Stanley we didn't see him a lot at the end of the year because of the injury and I guess they held him out uh, with the hamstring and everything but we talked about this when he was out there and especially once Sauce Gardner started to really come on I mean I guess he came on like immediately and was really really good but as he continued to perform the way he did what was the conversation and what's been the debate ever since you know all of that success and sauce gardeners we know is named named an all pro and all of that and rightfully so he was excellent but it's like man if they use Derek stingley like that <laughs> then what would he do and and then on the other side of it is well i bet sauce wouldn't be nothing if he they used him like they used stingley you know mm -hmm. and, and i noted this on uh on twitter but when we were doing a Ron show Hughley and i were doing a show a radio show almost maybe two months ago now and uh the the question i think ron asked the question about Derek stingley to seth Payne, who obviously we know is our morning show co-host and played 10 years in the league mm -hmm. and seth Payne's response was basically like this is guys a ferrari that they're trying to drive in the school zone 
Mm-hmm. You know, like if you ever tried to drive a race car, you know, it been restricted by the speed limit. It ain't as good. You're not maximizing what that is, you know. So will D'Amico Ryans actually put the race car on the track? Hmm. I, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. So that's what I'm most excited about, obviously, because they drafted Derek Stingley number three overall. I think he has potential to live up to the number three overall pick. And also, I would just love to see him be with a coach that could maximize that. And of course, Christian Harris uh, played close to the position that D'Amico Ryan's played in the in, in the position that he coached, of course, right? Coached inside linebackers before he came, um, before he became the the defensive coordinator there so he's you know talk about i talked about shane stein or i'm sorry mike kafka being on the ground floor of patrick mahomes yeah well, D'Amico ryan's is on the ground floor of fred warner you know who who quite arguably is the linebacking version of patrick mahomes i mean he is <laughs> he is great he is excellent okay so if you want to nerd out about linebackers that's one to do it with so so yeah man there are there are some really exciting young defensive pieces the three ones that that you named the three that you just named uh, most specifically and D'Amico Ryan's is success with with San Francisco and obviously his experience in the league makes you uh, should make anybody intrigued of of putting those things together and seeing what happens hmm. Brian the last question before getting out of here um you know whether it's D'Amico, rather it's um, Mike, rather it's um, Jonathan Gannon, whoever is going to be the next head coach, um, I think I would like for everybody to pump the brakes on expectations uh, because at the end of the day, regardless of who comes in as head coach and for the sake of this argument, we're going to keep it as D'Amico Ryan's. <laughs> but, um, you know, I like it. I like it. I like it. I, I, what do you think is going to be or should be a realistic expectation? Because I do believe whoever they hire as head coach, um, they're going to elevate the franchise on both sides of the ball. I think everyone that they're looking at, um, especially somebody like D'Amico Ryans, who's coming from um, Shanahan's coaching tree, you, I feel confident in, in what type of staff that they're going to have. So with all that being said, what do you think is going to be a realistic expectation? Cause you got to keep in mind, this is still a franchise that has only won what seven games in the last two seasons. Yeah. I think this is an important point that you're making about tempering expectations and not letting expectations get out of hand mm-hmm. uh, based off of all of this excitement. And it is an exciting time. Like I don't want to, I don't want to pour cold water on the excitement because I think that that's warranted. And, you know, who are we to tell people what to get excited about? But yeah. but 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 in terms of expectations and just being reasonable, I think this is an important thing to talk about. And so my thing is, Cody, I'm not ready to set expectations myself. OK. And, and again, mm-hmm. y'all do listeners do whatever you want to <laughs> do. I'm not trying. I'm not preaching to you. But myself, I am not going to be ready to set expectations until after the draft. Like I and and and, and you can have and you can have you can have your own expectations for the coach. Like okay, it should take with this coach, it should take two years for them to get right, or it should take you know whatever you want to say. But for me, I can go forward after the draft once I know what the complete plan is, and maybe we'll. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd imagine they keep everything close to the vest, but maybe we'll get a, a good sense for that whenever they do make the head coach and hire. Like okay. 
they're going with D'Amico. They're talking like this. And then, you know, obviously we'll get more mock drafts and more reporting leading up to the draft and kind of get a sense for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's just hypothetically say that they – this is hypothetical, okay, guys? They they hire D'Amico Ryans and they draft, let's say, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, either one of the two. At, at number two. And, and then I do think there is a difference between the two, but let's just, for the sake of the argument, say they get one of those guys. Get a weapon like a, you know, Quentin Johnston or Jordan Addison or I know Jackson Smith and Jigba is somebody that I like, but it's not viewed as somebody that would go that high in the draft. But just kind of stick with me here. Say they get a couple of weapons like that at the top of the draft. You know, they're, they're quarterback and then, you know, a weapon like a, Smith and Jigba, or or I should say uh, Quentin Johnston, or you know if Bijan, if they trade or trade around with that pick, okay, they get Bijan Robinson, or you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. some kind of star quality weapon to go along with the quarterback, okay, obviously with the coach who's been hired, and now they've got all this money and cap space and opportunity to do things in free agency, figure out what goes on there. And I think they actually did a decent job in free agency last year. Like they signed, they signed Jerry Hughes and Steven Nelson, who, hmm. you know, are not going to be confused as, as anybody's stars. But like, if you can make more quality signings like that, you know, um, and, and they've done that every year where like they've hit on a, a free agent or two more, really more misses than hits uh, the year before that. But you know what I mean? Like if they can hit on a couple of those and, you know, like, long-winded version of saying cody i don't think it has to take long mm-hmm. i don't think it has to take long like i would agree with you and, and be consistent with what you're saying about tempering expectations too soon but that said it does not have to take super long okay the mo- the two most important things that you're going to do the two most important parts about this rebuild i want people to remember are figuring out who the coach and quarterback are going to be okay if you can do that by early april you know have both of those figured out you're on the right track, man. At that point, you're just you're just plugging and playing pieces and figuring it out. Like, could this be like Jacksonville is a drastic example of a turnaround, mm. you know, going from draft the number one overall to being in the playoffs. You know, the Bengals are the sort of the turnaround that I've pointed at that that's that most looks like what the Texans could replicate, mm-hmm. you know. So could you do that if not next year, the year after, you know, if not 2023, 2024? Like I, I, I want to live in the moment and I'm excited for 2023, but they knock all of this out the park, Cody. I'm really excited for 2024 because, and I think I'd even say this, the excuses are over with now. Okay. They can go out there in 2023 and win, you know, five or six games and, and, and explain it away, but it's, it's gotta look, it, it's gotta look like something, you know what I mean? You've got to see progress with your rookies from last year, and you've got to see some type of potential in whoever the quarterback is that you draft and whoever your head coach is. It's funny that you mentioned 2024, and it's really important that they get it together now because, you know, it might be a little something in store in 2024 about, you know, a potential new look. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, yeah. I should I should have found my I don't have my hat. I got the same hat that you that you got, Cody. I, yeah, I, I no, I should have presented that with I'm it. Keeping yeah. it. I'm keeping it in the box because you know 
you know, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, I'm I'm just saying, you know, just yeah, yeah. things are in store. So hey, listeners and listeners and viewers and audience, <laughs> put, put a put a pin in that. Put a pin, and, and, and you know what? If you're not, if you're only listening to the podcast and you don't see us on video right now, you might want to go run to YouTube. You, you might you, you might want to you might want to what's, uh, <laughs> what's, what's happening with your team. So, uh, but yeah, but 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 Cody, what we also know, I'm glad you pointed out. Not a coincidence, all right. Not a coincidence <laughs> that 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 is something that could be happening in 2024 at a time when they do expect the team to really be getting it in gear. Mm. And with that being said, I think that is a perfect stopping point for this Saturday installment of Locked On Texans. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on all your social media platforms? And be sure to tell them where they, when they can listen to you on Sports Radio 16, because I'm pretty sure in the next couple of weeks, you're going to have a lot of spots on there. Yeah, you can you can believe that. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Brandon K. Scott. So if you just follow me on Twitter, you can know uh, kind of when I'm going to be having a, a, an appearance on any given day. And it can be on any given day. But, of course, I am on there every Thursday at 11 a.m. on In the Loop with John Lopez, Landry Locker, and Figgy Fig. So make sure you check us out on Thursdays at 11. That's the one locked-in time that you can find me every time. Uh, But other than that, man, at Brandon K. Scott, uh, the B-Block podcast every week, the H-Town Hoops podcast with Adam Spillane every week covering the Rockets. And, uh, and yeah, man, we doing it big, man. Y'all make sure y'all checking us out and – and uh, we'll keep the content turning out. Like, man, look, when we're we're recording this, ninety days out. So by the time most people listen to this, we will be inside ninety days out from the NFL draft. So mm. obviously, locked on Texans being on with you guys and what we're doing at Sports Radio six ten, you can get the best content up to date, up to minute, and uh, yeah, man, and the most insightful and passionate content that you'll find. Mm. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please remember to follow my co-host, John Hickman, at John underscore Hickman 12. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.